0: Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you. Nice to be with you. We'll move into a practice. The practice is out in front of you, and the focus of this practice is heart. Heart. Chest, specifically upper chest. We have a tendency of holding this experience of shielding ourselves from love. That can lead us into this hopelessness that love isn't for me. It hurts, it's painful, it's confusing, it's not for me. And we can shield ourselves. Oftentimes why we dump our shoulders and drop our eyes to the floor is ways to protect if i don't see you you're not a threat i'll keep my eyes down if i don't see you you can't hurt me these kinds of things and the countermeasure to this is yoga Ah. (laughs) to open up get your eyes up shoulders back heart open so you can have the kind of life you say you want and that's the posture It's a posture of strength and courage and vulnerability and all these things we speak about. Values that are important to you and us overall. I'm gonna speak into a topic that could be considered controversial and sensitive, but I'm gonna take that risk anyways, because I think it's worthwhile taking some risks every once in a while and instigating some conversations. And so this could be easily seen as offensive My hope is that's not the case. Some of the language I'm using, the focus I have this particular class, is to instigate a conversation. And perhaps you can see yourself in this conversation in some way. that's always my intent is to have conversations so you can see more of you and the various different parts that make you up. The way I see ourselves is uh, it's like these sub-personalities that we have. And that's the attempt of these conversations is to pinpoint a a sub-personality, a mechanism that lives within. How much you have attention on it, how much you leverage against it, who knows. But this is the idea is that this conversation gives you a line of sight into a potential sub-personality you have that has a life of its own own personality we do that you can consider a perspective that has some ground one that you consider often has emotions attached to it and also behaviors and that's the subpersonality that will take you over every once in a while it'll either lead you to places you want to go or the opposite places you don't want to go and so i'm just building up some context about this subject And I'm by no means an authority on this subject, but I pay attention. And so I have experience and I have opinions based on my experiences. I spent a lot of time with women in my life. This is like a small example of what my life is like. And if you look around, it's like the majority of women and one brother. (laughs) That's kind of my life. And it has been for a long time. I have two sisters, I'm in the middle of my sisters. And for whatever reason, I spent a lot of time with women in my life, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. And so I'm quite fascinated by women for a whole host of different reasons. I often say this, you're both terrifying to me and also amazing teachers for me. And it's a strange thing to square up every single day when i wake up it's like wow okay (laughs) what's in store for me today and i've appreciated the experience because it's given me access to change and make changes i know i needed to make and i really believe that's the practice of yoga it gives us a framework a structure in which to make the changes we know we need to make and so i'm going to move into this topic And so move into this topic with an open mind. (laughs) Some distinctions, which I always appreciate. It's just one way that I attempt to solve issues and problems in my life. Perhaps some of you are visual as well. Who knows? But I work off whiteboards, and I like that. So the top board, the fixed view. And again, the context. The view of a woman, a subpersonality towards men. Ah, delicate. You're a threat. That's true. Women see men as a threat. There's no question about that. It's one of the things I hear more than anything else. Absolutely. And therefore, I must castrate you to control you, which is a very tough perspective. As I neuter you, you must also give up your opinions, hopes, dreams, and values. I'm training you to be both quiet And obedient. I'm not suggesting you do this. Perhaps you've done it. I'm very familiar with this particular track. I grew up with it. I embodied it in relationships. I know this very clearly. Remember, I'm your universe. And don't forget that. What I want better be what you want. That's important. I'm more important than you is the message. If it's not, I will deprive you of, well, lay out the list. Attention, affection, respect, conversation, intimacy, sex, I don't know, whatever whatever it takes to punish. By the time I'm done with you, you'll be so harmless, I won't respect you. You'll have no bite, you'll be quiet and obedient and I'll find you disgusting. That's the track, I've seen this play out many times. And I'll just keep you around to simply torment and punish you and wait until somebody better comes along. Ah, that is tough. That's a tough stance, and I don't know if you can see this in in you, but I've seen this play out more times than I'd like to admit. It's devastating, this perspective, and just as balance, I'll put this out, I'll be speaking about men tomorrow, just so you know. (laughs) That's the conversation I'll be having tomorrow. And so this is very curious, this view, this fixed view. As I mentioned, I grew up in it. In some ways, it's the dynamic of my parents. I've seen what that's done to their relationship in various different ways. It's gutted it. It's had heavy, heavy consequences. Absolutely. I've also embodied this experience. I did that in my marriage for sure. It gutted me. Even though I promised myself I'd never be that guy. And damn it, I turned into that guy. And thank goodness I recovered myself. Cost me the relationship. But thank God I recovered myself. And this has nothing to do with blaming anybody. But we are sneaky in various different ways and have an incredible way of punishing each other. All the way to control, to dominate, to make sure that you understand I'm more important than you and how we toy and play with each other within relationship. Until we hollow somebody out enough that we don't respect them any longer. They are the doormat. They no longer have opinions they don't have teeth to push back to stand for themselves and that's the conflict we're in when it comes to relationships we want that but we don't behave that way sometimes we'll take people apart slowly over a span of time through criticism through punishment through all the ways in which we can torment each other it's a tough life to say the least, and it comes out of fear, a fear-based experience, where we have to shield ourselves, protect, and make sure that those that are around us are weaker than us. And so in my example, I gave up a lot of myself because that's what I knew. It's best to be quiet and obedient. I guess that's what you're supposed to be as a man. I'm not saying everybody's had that lifestyle. It can be the opposite, of course. Loud and abrasive and obnoxious and abusive. That's the whole other track. But what I learned was to be quiet and obedient. And submissive in some ways. And how useless that is in relationship certainly was for me certainly it was for the other because there's nothing there which is crying shame oh and I cried about shame I can rest assured I cried about shame often and so for whatever reason I decided to make that turn and to Pull myself together in a way that I could actually have some self-respect because I didn't. And I allowed somebody to treat me in a particular way. That perpetuated that experience for me. And I can see very clearly it was out of fear. That those kinds of relationships I I were in, I was in, it was a fear-based experience. And I perpetuated fear in the relationship by not having opinions, not standing for my values, not speaking up, pushing back, outlining and designing my boundaries within a relationship to create safety. It was too vague. And I think that's one way that we can get ourselves into trouble in relationships is by being vague. Not speaking into what we want what's most important and making sure somebody else has the space to do the same. And so we have shared values, shared understanding, perhaps even a shared future. Very difficult to do. And so somewhere along the line, I made a promise to myself to be submissive, quiet and obedient. I clearly made that promise to myself. And somewhere along the way, I shifted that promise to being, okay, get yourself together. Make sure you're speaking up, whether somebody likes it or not. And hopefully I can be with somebody that appreciates it, have a voice and want to have a voice. Whether I like it or not, it's better that I'm with somebody that speaks up and has some opinions, some values, some boundaries, and has some view of the future. And that has not been difficult. It has been difficult, what am I talking about? (laughs) Cal, what am I talking about? It has been very difficult (laughs) to do that. It's been terrifying and it hasn't gone well in many different instances. But what I appreciate now is that I have both sides of the equation, what it's like to hollow myself out and to be quiet and obedient and then the opposite of that, to be able to stand up for myself and have a voice and to converse. And I much prefer that side, even though it's difficult, I'm better off as a consequence. But that's also been encouraged. I've had great women in my life that encouraged me to be that way. And I couldn't have been that way without good women in my life encouraging me. I didn't have it. And the ability to feel safe in the presence of women, something I didn't have. And I'm very blessed to have those experiences along the way. For whatever reason that occurred, it's been a great learning for me. And I know what encouragement it has done for me and strengthened me for sure. And it's given me the confidence to live more into my values, which is good for me. And it's good for anybody that I'm with in whatever context that relationship is the relationship is better. And so I've paid a lot of attention to this, plenty, because my own safety (laughs) has been a driving force in this, for sure, but I've been very curious of how this has played out. Not only my family lineage, but then also all the relationships that I've noticed and observed and participated in. And so what it seems to me, from what I can tell, women rather have a dangerous man, which is a funny thing to say, but who is civilized? You don't want to push over. There's a part of you that does, of course. <laughs> so you're more dominant. And there is that part of you, that sub-personality that wants that. And you know that because you've been in relationships. You are in relationships now. And perhaps you can see when the sub-personality pops out and it's like, I want to tear this person to shreds a man that is competent, you could say intelligent and generous, conscientious, whatever that looks like to you, but somebody that can, a fellow in your life, in whatever context, has some opinions, some beliefs, some values, and is conscientious, generous, and that is open, that shares who he is and how important that is, and relevant, because at least you know this person and know where you stand within the relationship. I could imagine that's what you'd want. And if you have it, you can understand the experience better than I'm speaking to it. Someone you can contend with, push into, and expect a response from. Ah! It's like a driving pet peeve for women, it seems to me. But like, give me your opinion, damn it. I've seen this play out in so many different ways. When I'm out and, you know, when I get out of the jungle and go out, and I really pay attention when I'm in, I don't know, Target or something like that, just watching couples, oof. Ah, that is sensitive. What do you think of the color of these towels, dear? (laughs) Nothing. Not all the time, but at times. And I can see the blood boiling. Give me your opinion, damn it. This is much bigger than the towels. It's about the experience in our life together. It's not just about the damn towels. Share your opinion. A man that takes you, your relationship, future, and life seriously. I could imagine you want a man in your life that takes you seriously. And again, in whatever context... If this is what you want, you have to encourage and perpetuate it. I'm not looking to send advice your way, but it has to be stood for. Either you're deconstructing somebody or you're supporting somebody, putting themselves together. And in any context, your family, your friends, your romantic relationships, your coworkers, and so on and so forth. This is an experience that requires design. And so best you pay attention to what's side of you is making decisions. And there's many sides of you making decisions. It's very difficult, especially when you're overwhelmed by life, to make sound decisions. And again, that's what's so brilliant about yoga. It's about sensitizing yourself. So you can feel what's happening within your body. And what sub personalities is attempting to make decisions for you in any given moment. Constrain your malevolence. That's important that evil side of you that likes to pop out every once in a while and get clear on what you do want and speak it into existence. What I've noticed is there's plenty of people, and if I say women in particular in this conversation, they know what they don't want. They know what they don't want. One of the things that often gets missed in the conversation is what they do want. You've had enough experience in life especially in romantic relationships and whatever kind of romantic relationships you're in. And I imagine you have a clear understanding of what you don't want. The best you pay attention to what you do want and speak to that as much as you can. Very things we speak to, they have a way of manifesting. Very difficult to do. The attempt is worthy, that is for sure. So I have a question for you. Can you see yourself on this board? In some way? Or at least least have seen it? I see some head nods. Okay. And this is just as much learning for me than it is potentially for you. I have these conversations, so ideally I can learn something along the way. So I have a second question for you. How do you punish the men in your life? What's a go-to strategy that you draw on? pose this question to you, my brother. How do you feel you've been punished? What have what you been deprived of? You just think about that through the women in your life. Anybody have an answer to that question? How do you feel that you have deprived or punished punished, a fellow in your life? Whoever that is. Friend, a brother, father, coworker a romantic do you have a question or an answer to that question walking away okay you're the most thing in their life by walking away okay, okay. So walking away thanks for that yeah kind of a conversation killer <laughs> yeah fair enough and there's a stiff message in that something like you're not important okay good who else I'm saying, uh, saying no hmm. okay saying no. I'm saying no no i don't want to go to the party okay go to the party. okay yeah realize that have to go to every single party yeah which is great for you obviously yeah yeah and laying out your boundaries but then Noel can also move into a zone that is creating more division and closeness okay good for you yeah thanks for that who else The way you posed it to me, um, uh, feeling, uh, mani- feeling manipulated by emotion. Manipulated it's by emotion. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good, so manipulated by emotions it's when they one way that you've been punished in some ways, deprived of yeah you know, your own experience or whatever it may be, okay constrained, okay, good, thanks for speaking up. Not so easy, a no room full of women <laughs> thanks, man. appreciate it, brother. <laughs> appreciate your courage, absolutely. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So Yeah. So say, you know, you sure want mm-hmm. and of course, to Yeah. Yeah, speaking about caregiving, you know, that's another track. You could say another subpersonality. Mm-hmm. And it is used in the extreme to... Control. It happens through smothering. I'll take care of you so much that you're dependent on me. And if I'm not around, you don't know what to do. So best that you're always around. So thanks for bringing that up. Lots of different tracks we can use and pull on and leverage against. So I appreciate you tolerating this conversation and participating in it. It's a sensitive one. Can be easily seen as offensive that's not the idea and so again i simply appreciate having conversations pu- pushing them out sometimes conversations don't necessarily um, have the appropriate air time this is relevant to the class focus which is heart and how we can shield ourselves from love and the pain that's associated with love to pull that out, that energy be gone. And to move differently in the world. As I see it, vulnerability is the stance of strength. Absolutely. And so I wish that for you. We are going to practice. Great pleasure to be with you. Welcome to your restorative class. Good afternoon. I'm going to move into a 60-minute experience, focused on the chest, the heart. I'm gonna continue with this theme that I started this morning, this area of the body, upper chest, where we can protect and hold and fend off love in the attempt to protect ourselves. You're not allowed in, you're too painful and hurtful, so no, I will shield myself from you, even though it's the very thing I want. <laughs> Very confusing. I also want to introduce a couple of opposing forces before we move into practice that also either contribute or take away from the way in which we relate. We position ourselves in a relationship. These opposing forces are criticism and encouragement, and they have a way of opposing each other. Think about criticism. It's often too much. You ever been criticized? I can imagine you have. Sometimes it's often too much criticism. The focus is on criticism. And that's tough. Encouragement is often too less. There's not enough. Not enough encouragement to balance out the criticism. And we need that. And so the focus turns on into on what we don't have and what somebody is not very difficult to be in that space when somebody's so focused on you with skepticism peering at you with skeptical eyes and telling you what you are not and what you've done wrong you bought the wrong this you left the toilet seat up you didn't do this you didn't do that why did you say this you should have said that all the various different things that we can speak into in various different kinds of relationships. The consequences of behaving this way is hopelessness and despair. That's for usually both parties. The one criticizing, because there's no promise in it. There's no possibility in critiquing somebody consistently. It's dead. And the somebody that's receiving that level of criticism is in a difficult spot and consistently have to make a decision. Do I fight back or run like hell? Those are two decisions that we can play out in this experience. So, criticism typically supports the hiding cower. That's one of the extremes. We hide and cower. Oh, how do I avoid this person? I know they're going to say something that's going to peel a strip off me. And so how do I avoid that experience because it's painful? And no, thank you. The right balance of encouragement actually allows us to move forward and explore. If we encourage ourselves, we have a tendency of moving forward and explore if we encourage ourselves typically hide and cower from ourselves and if that's true here within it's certainly true outside with other people and how important it is to pay attention to how you're positioning yourself in a relationship yeah just like that And I'm not suggesting or making a case that criticism is not worth it because it is. We have to step into that conversation at times. But ideally, it's delivered in a way that somebody could actually do with it and hear it, learn from it, and implement it, which takes time for sure and a lot of patience. Encouraging the, encouragement in the extreme doesn't work too much. Encouraging somebody too much, just dumping praise on them, the best person on the planet. (laughs) They can't do anything wrong. That's not ideal either. And so the idea is to find the right balance. And where do you start? Well, you. You're about to step into a practice, a restorative practice, where you get to choose, where you ideally choose to be with yourself for 60 minutes straight, which is quite the task. (laughs) And to notice how you speak to yourself both of these will play out want to notice where you situate yourself in practice because whatever lives in here definitely lives in your relationships and so the idea is to straighten this out you the individual And so you can bring that into more of your relationships and have the kinds of relationships you wish for. That seems reasonable. So I encourage you to encourage yourself (laughs) to focus on this part of your body, upper chest. Move the energy that keeps you protected. Move it along. Move the hopelessness along and move into the opening, that's the attempt.